This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Hello friends and family church. Uh, just I trust you feel welcome. And especially in the worship time we just had, it's just, just great to worship the Lord. And I know it feels a bit different sometimes to do it online. Uh, but hey, we, we are the church. We're doing, not doing church or going to church. We, we're living out what Christ is doing in our lives. And we really want to encourage you, if you're going through a tough time, let us know. We want to pray for you. Uh, because this is the time to really seek the face of the Lord, to be hungry for Him, to be thirsty for His righteousness in our lives. And so I want to encourage you, uh, and we're going to continue with what we started with this morning. So we sort of laid a foundation. I'm going to cover a little bit of the same for the first half and then get very practical at the end. So this morning we spoke about this concept. It's time to render your hearts not your garments. And uh, we read out of the book of Joel, chapter 2, Joel chapter 2, verse 13. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and He relents from doing harm. Isn't that amazing, you know? The picture before that was the army of God rushing, not breaking ranks, and just this confidence of them advancing the kingdom of God. You know, we should not be afraid of uh, the world or the virus or the things around us. We must only have the fear of God. And so right in the middle of it, it says, hey, there's an opportunity for you to return. And so he says this, arrange your heart not your garments. What does that mean? It means like, don't bring the outward. Don't bring the stuff and have a, a form of godliness. Don't, don't pretend. Bring your whole heart. And that's why it says, return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and He relents from doing harm. It says, it's not, it's not an angry God. He's not a frowning upon you God because that's how I thought that you know this is just who the Lord is you know it's like am I in his good books or am I in his bad books you know what have, have I done right or have I done wrong in this week and uh, so then I try to fix myself before I came to the Lord and that's why the Lord says yeah come don't don't try to fix yourself you, you're not going to get it right run to him surrender and then what you need to do is surrender surrender your heart not the outward because God is looking for the inward and so we looked at this character called Caleb and Caleb and Joshua were good friends they were two of the spies that came back all the other spies just saw negativity they looked at the coronavirus uh, and they said sure this is a massive massive giant you know they looked at all the stuff and and they just saw the negative but something was different in Caleb and Joshua's life and so Numbers 14 verse 24, we read about it. It says, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him to the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. So there's two things that scripture talks about Caleb. The first one is he had a different spirit. And secondly, he has followed me fully. I've encountered it so many times, you know, uh, especially young people like many of you are students, you know, being so zealous for God. And then, as time goes by, sure, something changes in their spirit. I'm not saying they're not going to heaven. I'm not saying they're not good people, not, you know, just Christians, nice people. 
But something changes. Sometimes we lose that flame, that fire for God. Sometimes our hearts become hardened. And sometimes, you know, but the, the amazing thing about Caleb and these guys is uh, there was no sometimes. They, they remained focused. They remained holy following God. Deuteronomy 1 verse 36 says the same. It says, except Caleb, the son of Je- Jephunna, the, that's that French name I spoke about this morning, Jephunne, he shall see it. And to him and his children, I'm giving the land on which he walked because he wholly followed the Lord. Beautiful pictures. He says, holy followed, wholehearted worship, wholehearted surrender, wholehearted, you know, crying out to God. And we spoke a bit about the fact that God hears the cry of his people this morning. But the second thing we came to is this challenge for all of, all of us is the ability to be real and vulnerable. Vulnerability is that place where you feel like, Ew, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a target. I'm, you know, there's an Afrikaans word. It says quest bar. You know, it's uh, when, I'm, when I'm in an open field and I know like anybody can shoot me. You know, it's like this deer walking in this field and... There's not a, it feels sort of in a way unprotected. It feels in a way like, oh, I'm vulnerable. People can see me. Isn't the cross the most amazing point of vulnerability, of exposure, and of pain, where we can see into the heart of God? We can see how much God loved us through the cross. But what happens if we're not vulnerable and real? Then, then we suppress it, we numb it out. We just make ourselves busy again with other things. And, and that's what I find a lot of people are doing in this lockdown time. We, we're just scheming and thinking like, how am I going to just make it through this time? Well, this is the time to render our hearts. This is the time to turn back to God. You know, John Yep said it in our leadership meeting this uh, past week where we had, I think, almost 220, 250 people on a Zoom meeting, all the leaders of the church. He said it so beautifully in Second Chronicles. It says, "Repent and turn." You know, the church in the West has got an opportunity to turn, to turn from our ways, turn from our culture, turn from the way we think, turn from the way we just are intentional about our relationships. But it's tough because a lot of people, ugh, all the ugly stuff are coming out, you know? So when that ugly stuff comes out, maybe you feel frustrated with your family. Maybe you feel frustrated about what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks or months. Are we going to get back to varsity this year? What, what is happening, you know? Now for me, I am a natural planner. I'm a pragmatic person. I look at opportunities. I try to find new opportunities. So my natural way is to try and scheme. Say like, Hey, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Try and find 10 different options. But that's not the way to go, you know. Uh, especially South African people, yeah. They, we can make a plan. We can, we, we can get ourselves out of a rut because we've been challenged in so many ways in, from different aspects of life. So we can make a plan. But if we just numb out that vulnerability before God, we're going to get into trouble. The other group live in denial and the other group just pretend. And aren't we good at pretending, you know? How's it going? No, it's going amazing. But it doesn't look so on your face, you know? (laughs) And uh, I remember I've told this story so many times, but, you know, walking around the corner and seeing this one guy smoking at a camp, you know? (laughs) And I said to him, "Um, you know, what's happening? And as he saw me, he took the cigarette and threw it in his top pocket. And uh, he just pretended. He just pretended as as if there was nothing there, you know. And the smoke came out the, out of the pocket. There was a hole in this fancy shirt that he was wearing. So so I said, hey, hey, hey. And he says, no, there's nothing there, you know. It's amazing how we do that with God. We pretend. We, uh, we, we, we become hypocrites. 
we 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 put up walls and 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 then we have sometimes even these big spiritual jargon you know i'm 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 working through it with the lord i i need a time of isolation i need a need a time yeah uh, then we have these big big ideas but hey we're going to talk about that at the end. How do we break certain cycles of our lives? And how do we become more vulnerable? Because in that vulnerability, it's not just to open up stuff. It's actually to learn to surrender. And so um, when we surrender, we come with humility. We guard our heart and we learn to trust. And we're going to look at some of these things again. You know, uh, I remember one of the toughest time was actually when I... <laughs> went on a sabbatical a lot of leaders around me just said hey you've been the church has been through tough times it's now three years after some crises and stuff that has happened uh, and they said you need to take some time off and i thought like oh no i don't know what what's going to happen with the church it's amazing how we say yo jesus the church belongs to you but uh, until you are sort of removed out of the picture and you have to trust him because he is the true shepherd you know jesus is the shepherd of Shofar Stellenbosch. Not me, not George, not Vilio, not, not any of the leaders, not Eugene, not, not Moshe, not any of the leaders, not the elders. Jesus is the shepherd of the church. But it's easy to say that until God removes you a little bit. And then, hey, <laughs> I remember the first two weeks of a sabbatical of four months was amazing. No, probably the first three weeks. You know, I just thought, went on drinking coffee with people. And then after three weeks, I thought like, what's happening? I've, I've, I don't feel like I've got any significance anymore. What if, what if I'm not there? You know, because then I realized how much we find our identity through the things that we do. Even ministry, which looks good. And it's not by Jesus. And so that was such a tough time. I had to like really stick it through. And especially after two months, especially for me that like, I need to go, 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 you know, find new ways. And the Lord said, hey, do you trust me? Learn to surrender. I said, Lord, I will surrender, but I don't know how. The Lord just said, surrender, surrender. And it took me almost three months to learn just to be quiet, to say, Lord, I trust you. I surrender. I'm struggling with this. Because especially in our culture, in the West, we control freaks. We control our emotions. We control our spirit. We, we're like really in control. And Jesus is saying in this time to some of us, get off the throne of your life. I want to be in control. Because what begins to happen, and there's a third thing, we need to let go of idols. Listen to this in Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 17. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Redeem the time. Walk circumspectly. Walk in such a way, because what begins to happen is we... Hey, these idols of our hearts begin to surface, especially in a lockdown time, especially in a time when we're confined. And the idols is the dependency on some stuff. You know, what are we dependent on? We're sometimes dependent on being outside in nature. We're sometimes dependent on watching our sport. We're sometimes dependent. Now, those are not sins. But if they take preference above Jesus, then we're in trouble. And, and let, me, let me be very, very honest here with us. Because... Many times we would plan months in advance to go on our cycling trip. We'll plan months in advance. And, you know, the moment when that, those bookings open up, you know, for the triathlon, we're on the internet, we're paying our deposit, we're going for it months in advance. But do we really plan 
the things of God in that way? Have we got the same urgency, the same focus to get to Scripture, to prepare our hearts for His coming? And that's why it says walk circumspectly, not as fools, because fools just go around. But the people of God redeem the time. And so have grace on yourself in this time when those idols begin to surface and you begin to realize, wow, I'm actually very dependent on the opinion of people. I'm actually very dependent on these things because I can keep my life so busy that I never get around to the things that God wants to share. And the fourth thing then that we saw is to strengthen your spirit. Strengthen your spirit. Joshua 14, verse 7 to 14. You can read the whole story. And this is what Caleb says. Caleb's talking about his story. He says, hey, look here, because what happened is they got this mandate to go up and then all the people said, no, 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 no. We are too afraid. Our hearts are melting. And then we all know the story. They for many years, almost 45 years, had to go around in the wilderness. And everyone of that generation, including Moses, died. But there were only two people that made it in. And Caleb and Joshua were two of them because they had another spirit and they followed God wholeheartedly. But listen to what Caleb says. Now he's 85 years old when he makes this statement in Joshua 14 verse 11. He says, As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. And so Joshua said to him, the, the highlands, those high places, Caleb, they're yours. If you conquer them, hey, take them. Yeah, Hebron and some of the high places in the promised land belong to Caleb. But I can just imagine what Caleb had to go through. Yeah, listening for those years after years. Maybe for us, it's days after days, weeks after weeks in this lockdown time. Listening to what the people were saying and being so frustrated. Frustrated with himself, frustrated. But something was different. He saw the promised land. He saw what God was doing. He ha just hanged on to the promises. And therefore, there was such a freedom to when they finally came there again. Caleb said, look here. Look, I'm stronger now. So we have to make sure our spirits are strong in this time. We have to make sure that we built up and that we focus on the things that God wants us to focus on. So it is tough because your flesh is going to draw you back. Your circumstances, the fears, your future, those things are going to keep you busy. And then, hey, don't numb it out. Allow those things to come. Allow those things to surface. But then allow God to deal with them because you need to strengthen your spirit. The fifth one, and this is what we're focusing on tonight, two more, is to understand the power of grace. To understand the power of grace. In 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, Paul, this is after Paul was really struggling with a thorn in his flesh. The Bible doesn't say what that thorn was. Some people say he was blind a bit. He went a bit blind. Some people say it was a sin in his life. We really don't know. I, I don't think anybody can with surety say what was the thorn in the flesh. And so he pleaded with the Lord. He said, Lord, please take away this thing. Please take away this weakness. Maybe it was a weakness. But just just remove it, Father, because, you know, it's it's bugging me all the time. And the Lord didn't take it away. But in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, it says, But he said to me, that's the Lord saying to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast much more, all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. 
Yo, what a powerful statement. He says, The Lord told him that my grace is sufficient. When you say something is sufficient, it's it's clear, it's full, it's to its capacity. <laughs> my power is made perfect in your weakness. It's You see, it's when you and I learn to bring our weaknesses to God, when you and I learn to surrender to Him, to be vulnerable before Him, that's the, that's the time when God's power can be made perfect. Does God's power not move in other times? No, no. It's just His power hasn't reached perfection if you and I have not learned to be vulnerable, to face our weaknesses. Now, remember, weakness and sin is not the same thing. Because some people, this one guy came to me once and says, I'm, I've been struggling with pornography for, for five years and my pastor told me, hey, just try to do it less and less and less. No, no, that's sin. That's not weakness. But maybe you're very hungry or you're rejection prone. And so you have a tendency to try to, be impulsive and and try and grab stuff and so your weakness is you're very impulsive and so now you have to build in walls in your life to try and protect you from the things so remember the difference between weakness and sin and so you know you maybe have a tendency to go back to certain things you have a tendency to be impulsive so there's a difference between the two and so, I do, not make mis- I do not make excuses for my weaknesses, but I repent for my sin. It's, it's not the same thing, you know. So, 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 let's be clear on the difference between the two, because you can't say, hey, like this guy with a pornography problem, uh, you know, I, I'm just trying to minimize my problem. No, we repent, we turn, because that is the way of destruction. The way to God is the way to being, bring freedom. And so he says, therefore, now so, so what God told him is firstly, that his grace is sufficient for him. His power kicks in when you realize your weaknesses and you make a peace with that. But then Paul goes on one step more. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So, so he says, I will gladly even boast in them. I will, I will go tell the world <laughs> what I'm not good at. And I, I think this is where we sometimes miss the grace of God in our lives. Because what we do is we tell people how good we are. We, we tried, and I read an article on the Gospel Coalition uh, website, and, and this guy just said, you know, we try to be PR agents for Jesus. <laughs> we try to make Jesus look good by us as Christians looking so good and so perfect. But the people in the world are not looking for perfect people. They're looking for love. They're looking that you will be there for them, that you'll stick with them, that you will encourage them, that you will build them up. You know, and that's why it says, therefore I will boast even in my weaknesses. It, you know, it's different to, to say, yes, God, this is my weakness. But to begin to boast in your weakness, that is a big challenge. And we don't know that. We, we don't have that in our culture. And I remember this one friend of mine one day, we were a group of pastors together. And, uh, and so now, you know, when you pastors together, it's all, all like, oh, what's your numbers? You know, how many people did you raise from the dead? You know, all, all those type of stuff. It's not always like that, but there's, there's a bit of ego or male ego involved, you know. And so now he's sitting around the table. It's the first time we're meeting this group of pastors. And so this friend asked this question. He says, okay, let's just start with an icebreaker. And the icebreaker was this. What are you very bad at doing? What, what are you very, what, what you're weak at? Three things. 
And I thought like, oh no, you know. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I just stared at him because I thought like, how can you ask a question like that, you know. And then everybody just started to open up. And because pastors, we're just normal people following an amazing God, you know. Uh, it's just His grace on our lives. It's not because we're perfect or we have like a ring that you can kiss or any stuff like that. Pastors are just normal people. They're just fulfilling a specific function. But that day changed my life because we became such good friends out of that meeting. Because suddenly, pastors could just boast in their weakness. And so go and do that with your friends. Go and share with some of them and say, look, yeah, I've realized I'm not good at conflict. I'm not good at managing this or this or this, you know. And so that's a massive challenge for us because it's so contrary to our environment and our culture. So go and tell people if you're frustrated or irritated. Just Send it to your friends and say, look, I'm struggling. Please pray for me. Be honest. Be open. Boast in your weaknesses. Then the last thing is we need to learn to grow in community. First Peter 4 verse 7 to 11. It says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Verse 8. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beautiful, practical things that Peter is telling. He says, hey, be careful, but you know what? Love one with fervency, with passion. And that's what I love about the church and being part of this church is, hey, you know, we love each other. But you have to learn to love other people. You have to learn to, in that weakness where His grace kicks in, that, hey, it's all right if you're not perfect. It's all right if you haven't figured everything out. We're just all a bunch of people that is a work in progress. But when these things surface, or when the bad stuff come out, give it to God. Be honest. Be real. I'm not saying go around and swear and just say, I wanted to swear all week and now the pastor gave me the right to swear. No, no, no. <laughs> But what I do want to say is, hey, let's not be proudful. Let's not take up the judgment seat with one another. So there's 10 just practical tips I want to read through. And your homework is to go and read that uh, scripture in First Peter. Um, and then just maybe go and, and think about these things. Because we're talking about boasting in your weakness. We're talking about rendering your heart, not your garment. Yeah. So the first thing there is watch your blind spots. Know your weaknesses. You know? There's blind spots when you drive in the car and the mirrors are there. It's difficult to see. The second thing is be quick to forgive. Maybe there's some people you need to forgive. Because if there's unforgiveness, you will harden your heart. Because unforgiveness leads to bitterness. You know? Soft heart. Fight for a soft heart. The third thing is learn to trust. Remember, trust comes over time. It's not just We don't just wake up and trust people. The fourth thing is put other people's interest above you. And always think of what is his interest. How can I serve him? Because that's part of love. It's sacrificial love. It's not just a feeling. I have to learn. And especially if you come out of a background where you've really been hurt. I want to really encourage you. You know, we've, we're doing this Our Father series. And um, we're going to do it again in middle of June. So if you've missed out or you had too much work to do, please enroll for that in the second um, second time around during the holidays because it's so important that you allow God to heal you allow God to set you free 
The next one is to walk in the light, walk in accountability. Oh, that's so tough. We don't want to be accountable to other people. Then the next one is adopt one an honoring culture. Honor other people. Serve them. Celebrate them. Don't judge them. Don't, don't look down at them. Don't compete with them. Each one has a different function. And some people dream dreams every night and some people never dream a dream. One isn't more spiritual or better than the other. It's just so important, like that scripture in Peter says, let each one minister according to the grace, the ability that God has given you, because that's where the church comes together. You know, encourage one another. Have a, you know, part of that love is the ability to build each other up, to establish each other, to speak life. Sometimes it includes discipline, where you have to draw boundaries in somebody else's life. Oh, God against offense. We so easily get offended because we have the wrong expectation. And I've seen that even as a leader, you know, people so easily get offended with me. Why? Because it's easier to get offended with a leader than with, to say that you're offended with God. Because many people get offended with God if their prayers are not answered, the church isn't perfect, you know, they have a, another expectation and those expectations are not met. You know, they may be suffering or somebody has died or something terrible has happened and then we get offended with God and we get offended with the church. But remember, we're imperfect people. There's grace. God against offense. Watch for isolation. We so easily get isolated in our minds. We get so isolated in our trouble. I've seen that now in the past couple of weeks through this lockdown. How so many people are just so struggling because they lock down in their minds and now they begin to think. And they, it's so easy to get deceived when you're isolated. And so don't go to people and say at the end of the progress but or the process, that's what's happening. No, no, start. You know, just say, guys, I'm struggling. Guys, I'm weak in this. Please pray with me. What do you think? You know, there's no one-man show. You need other people to speak into your life. Especially when you have gone through a stormy time. Maybe you've gone through a tough time. That's when you need the body of Christ to grow with you in real relationships. And then the last one is humility. Oh, there's grace because God gives grace to the humble, but He resists the proud. When there's pride in our hearts, we cannot receive. But when you're humble, oh, when you say, I've never arrived, I'm going to be teachable, I'm going to keep on growing, I've made mistakes, but you know what? I'm humbling myself before God and I'm humbling myself before His people. Wow. Then He gives grace. But if there's pride, sure, pride is so ugly. It stink. But let's humble ourselves. And so tonight, maybe God has said some th stuff or challenged you with some stuff. Go through these last two slides and say, God, I want to commit, especially in this time, as I realize the value of relationships, the motivation of those people's hearts. I'm not going to get offended. I'm not going to get isolated. I'm going to be forgiving. Lord, I'm going to learn to trust. I'm not going to be a one-man show. But Lord, I want to render my heart to you. But it also includes love the Lord with all your heart and love your neighbor as you love yourself. You cannot say just love God, but there's no love for your neighbor and accountability together. So let's pursue that with, with our hearts in this time. The Lord bless you. I'm going to pray for you. And uh, yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for us tonight to be vulnerable and show our weaknesses with one another. Lord, we, we're not good at it. Lord, we, we're actually terrible because we're control freaks. But here we are today. Come and heal us. Come and show us. Help us, Lord, to and teach us what it means to render our hearts and not our garments. Lord, we want to 
be more hungry for you. We want to grow in grace with you and with each other. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share. Sing.